University Baptist Church is a faith community striving to think critically, live creatively, and love continually in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We gather on Sunday mornings at 5775 Highland Road between Lee Drive and Kenilworth Parkway. Visit ubc-br.org or at UBCBR on Facebook for more information. Well, after the Christmas gathering this evening, whoa, there we go. After the Christmas gathering this evening, the Hale family will be getting in the car. We'll be driving down to New Orleans to be home for Christmas. Uh, So for all those that are interested in robbing my house, I have nothing of great worth there, (laughs) so don't waste your time. There's something about being home for Christmas. Now, I mean, after a few days of me and my two brothers gathering together, there's bound to be some sort of argument that's going to break out, but there is something about coming together. I can close my eyes and just imagine being home at Christmas, no matter if the times I lived in Alabama or Connecticut or North Carolina. um, There's something of great significance about finding a safe space that is home. James Baldwin wrote, Perhaps home is not a place but simply an irrevocable condition. He says, as a child, I'm filled with the wonder of coming home, of being present, of having family and friends. And then, of course, there were the gifts. Always that wonder if Grandma's going to give you the ugliest sweater that was ever woven. I'll still never forget the one year that I asked my grandmother for the DVD box set of the Godfather trilogy, and uh, she gave me a uh, shirt and a tie and accidentally gave it to my brother instead. Uh, so all these years removed, God rest her soul, Nana, come on, I asked for the Godfather series. Home. It's a place we all seek to go to find comfort in a safe space. As we listened to Elizabeth read the Christmas story earlier, the context of Mary and Joseph coming into Bethlehem. We know that Mary is nine months pregnant, which means her smell sensitivity is on the high, and that donkey probably didn't smell like fresh baked bread. But yet they come to Bethlehem, and there they are met with no place to stay. The world encountered Jesus for the first time by not giving him a home. And from his humble beginnings, we begin to take this in, that while we reject God, not giving God a home, instead we learn from the Gospel of John that the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. It's a Greek word that translates to mean to abide within. So this idea that though we have rejected God, we have told Christ there is no room for you and continue to reject Him, God says to us, I will come and I will abide and dwell among you. And Christmas is a time that reminds us of the most powerful gift of all. It is the gift of the incarnation. And we sometimes forget about this when we get lost in all the busyness of this season. Of course, we hopefully don't fill our days wasting our time watching Hallmark Channel Christmas movies. There are a gazillion other movies that you should always watch besides Hallmark Christmas movies. I'll just give you a small list for those that are addicted to it. Christmas Vacation, Scrooge, Elf, Home Alone, It's a Wonderful Life, The Polar Express, Die Hard and Gremlins. Okay, quick show of hands. How many would agree that Die Hard and Gremlins is a Christmas movie? Okay, for all those that didn't raise your hand, you're dead to me. Uh, Back to the point. 
Here we read in the, the, the context of our story that God made God's home among us. The Word became flesh and dwelled among us. This theological term we call incarnation it is the embodiment of Jesus with us. You see, the incarnation of God is something that tells us quite something profound about God. That while we might reject this deity, while we might reject the ways that God is inviting us into, that God came to be among us, not to throw all this religious banter at us, but instead God made God's dwelling by showing us the utmost of compassion. Jesus went to these common places. He walked among the dirty and the rough and the outcast and the broken and the marred of creation. He walked down the dusty roads. He touched the bleeding women and the lepers. He made the blind see. He turned the self-righteous, cold-hearted into something more. The incarnation tells us of God's compassion. Jesus shows us that God is not just dwelling among us for this 33-year period in first century Palestine, but instead the incarnation is still present with us, among us. As one author put it, we need to know that God is surely present in our lives and in the world. We need to know that God's vision is, is larger than our own and lures us to become Christ-like in our thoughts and behavior. We need to believe that God loves the world, not in spirit in mind, or profound temporary, but instead in the incarnational presence among us. You see, the incarnation shows us who God is, of God's compassion and transformation. And what I want us to hear tonight, the Christmas story is this, that God gives us a home. Stop and consider that for just a second. For many of us, we face the rejection of home in so many different forms of our life, but God responds to us by giving us a home. In God, there is this safe and inclusive and joy-filled home because Christ loves us. God loves all of us. Yes, all people, no matter if we're Democrat or Republican or even Libertarian, if we're LGBTQ or straight, the religious or the non-orthodox, the doubters and believers, the alcoholics and those who judge them, the crackhead and the prescription pill poppers, the high and the low class, the screw-ups and those who don't even see their mess-ups in life, the super round and super skinny, the tattooed and pierced, the drunk and the sober, the self-righteous and self-loathing, the homeless and the poor, soccer moms and the antithesis of soccer moms, NASCAR-loving people and those who have better things to do than watch cars take left-hand turns for five hours, the self-righteous, God loves you. God provides a home for you, and we see that in the incarnation. Last story, we were met with this powerful story of this woman who was driving down the interstate in Philadelphia, and her car broke down, and she got out to go get gas, and she was met by this homeless man who told her to get back in the car because it's not safe, and he went and he spent his last $20 to go buy her a can of gas and come fill her car up. And moved by his service, her and her husband decided that they would find money and give this man $700, except in the weeks that passed, they found out that he took this $700 and gave it to other people who needed it. And so they decided they would start a GoFundMe page hopefully to raise this man about $10,000. 
And within a few weeks, they raised over $400,000 for this man. Now, it's a powerful story, but in the last year, we begin to learn that the story begins to crumble. You see, the couple began to put money away in an account that this man didn't have access to. They claimed that they were the best help at helping this man manage his money. As of last month, a report came out that this man is back on the street, homeless. See, how often do we receive the message of God's incarnation, that God loves us, and yet we keep it for ourselves? We live our lives in such a way as if the incarnation has not transformed us from the inside out. God is calling us collectively and individually as a community of people to go to the dark and the grim and the hurting places of our community, of our state, of our country, and the globe. Brian D. McLaren put it this way, Jesus doesn't dominate the other doesn't avoid the other, doesn't colonize the other, doesn't intimidate the other, doesn't demonize the other, and doesn't marginalize the other. He incarnates into others, joins the other in solidarity, protests the other, listens to the other, serves the other, and even lays down his life for the other. See, the invitation of Advent is to not only be transformed by the incarnation of Christ, but to go forth into our world as transformed people of hope and peace. You see, the same invitation of Advent that is to give you a home is an invitation for us to go out and create homes for all people. Thomas Merton goes on to write, It's beautiful to see God's grace working within people. The most beautiful thing about it is we see the desires of our soul, inspired by God, so fit and so harmonized with grace that a holy thing is unnaturally seen in our world. This is the invitation of Christmas. It's an invitation to go and create homes for all people, starting with this faith community, a community that is a home for all people, that we see all people, no matter their political affiliation, their ethnicities, their economic status, their sexuality, their history, their level of righteousness to us, their faith journey or worth to us, we create a home for all people. God is a generous God, abounding in love. We see this within the Advent story. Can we create a home for all people? Can we receive Christ into our lives, creating a home for him? So may we be a people that reflect the incarnation of God. May we be Christmas people, a people loving others radically with open hearts of the possibility that God has for us and for the world. Tonight, as we celebrate Christmas, we also remember that the same baby that was wrapped in swaddling clothes also went to the cross. The innocence of the manger is plunged forth into the tyranny that is the death of Jesus. And as we are reminded of this sacrifice, as we are reminded of God's bountiful love for us, he calls us forth to a table of unity, a table of openness. For in the same way that Christ broke bread with the so-called sinners of his day, as the same he broke bread with the self-righteous religious people, so too this table is open for all of us. Now a little bit of logistics. <laughs> we have uh, got four stations 
positioned here in the sanctuary, and one up top. We didn't forget the balcony people. So here's what we're going to do. I know this sounds crazy. going to give you some directions. If you are where the split row ends up, we want you to come to the two communion stations here at the front. If you are at the split rows back, we want you to go to the two communion stations in the back. If you don't know what a split row is, you'll see it when you stand up. Or you're welcome to stand on a bench so that you can see it. May we come to the table of the Lord together. Thank you.
y'all are great. You follow the directions well. As we have this conversation about being the incarnational presence of Christ in this world, Christ gave us this wonderful symbol in the Gospels where he talks about light, that light comes into darkness, that light unveils everything that is broken in our world, but that light also brings reconciliation and healing. And so we light a Christ candle tonight. Each of us will light a candle. Remember that we are these beacons of hope in the world. We are the people of peace and hope and joy and wonder and healing and transformation. And so we light Christ's candle tonight as a reminder to us of what Christ is doing within us and what Christ is calling us to go forth in this world to do.